The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Cowboys! This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys and now, your hosts, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It is Tuesday, March the 8th, 2022. This is the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. And fellas, it's go time, y'all. It's it's actually, like, there's no more of this, like, qualifying, like, early days. We don't know a whole lot. The NFL Combine is over. We are back from Indianapolis. We are back with Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus, Kyle Yeoman sitting down beside me. Let's talk some Combine. Let's talk some takes, some reactions, preferably hot takes, the hotter the better. How you feeling? Let me guess where you're going, Jeff. Did you know Sky Moore <laughs> I at did. 24 rhymes? We're not. Did doing, you know that we're not doing this? Like, I mean, we can act. We can have a conversation about Sky Moore at fifty six. I feel like wouldn't hate it at twenty four. I'm Jesus, just going to put it out there. That's geez, how good I think he is. Jesus Christ! Sky okay. Moore's tape is awesome, and now he runs uh, the fastest ten yard split amongst the receivers and runs sub four four. Sky Moore's going to be a beast in the NFL. Get ready. I mean, I knew we were going <laughs> beast in the NFL. I knew we were going to talk about Sky Moore, but I always appreciate um, you just getting it right out of the way, right off the jump. You can't have him at 56. You don't think so? Nope. Question is, is if he's going to be in the top 50? That's the next question. Yeah. That, that people are asking around the league is, you know, where does he fit in that, you know, he's he's five, he's really 5'10 if you look at his height, you know. And so the questions are, you know, your fits. Jeff sold him as an out, uh, inside guy that with potential of playing outside. But know. I wouldn't put him there. Yeah. I play him inside. Yeah. Right. I'm not now the question is the, the question that people are gonna have to ask, and Skymore, in my opinion, will end up with a really good team. And what'll happen is it's a team that probably already has a pretty deep roster. And then you could say, Well, we're not gonna get Sky Moore on the second go. You know, so you have to take him. Those teams at the bottom of the board that are looking at Sky Moore potentially probably aren't gonna think about him in the next round. They're gonna think like, we gotta go now. And so that's why he'll probably get trapped in the top 50. As exasperated as I am by Sky Moore. And that's not his fault. That's, more Sky Moore. That's Jeff's fault. More Sky Moore. But I got to, hey, <laughs> I got to give you credit. You came in here in like late January when he was still seen as like a third or fourth round pick, and you've been pounding the table ever since. He was a huge winner at this combine. And because y'all aren't making this up, everybody who no. covers this stuff for yep. a living is bumping this guy up their draft boards. No, you, you talk to people around the league now. And again, well, Dane and I were talking about it, and I said, well, where do you see it now? And he's like, you know, you've you got to talk about him as a top 50 player. And then so I have what's called the gang of seven of guys around the league that I know, and I'm like, listen, is this the truth on Sky Moore? And he goes, everybody's like going, this is a really good group of receivers, but the, the discussions that we just had a minute ago about if you're one of those teams in the back end that's pretty good, that's got a pretty deep roster, that's where Sky Moore probably ends up. Jeff would draft him at 24. I don't think he's climbed that high in the league's estimations yet. Wait till he gets with Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes at the end of the first round. That's 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 doable. I do. I I want. I can't wait to see what happens with this. <laughs> you think he's going to go like 94? No, not at all. Like, what? No. <laughs> I absolutely. I think he'll go in the top 60 picks. I just. I can't wait to see how the more reality people, lives up to the legend. Yeah, more people are thinking about him now in the top 50 than they were. Sure. Two weeks ago. Credit to Jeff Cavanaugh for that. I want to. How about that? I, want, I put him there. Yeah. That was me. Hey, you graded the players. You Sky put him where needs you to give me to be. part of his signing bonus. No, I think you de- <laughs> I think you deserve like a half percent finder's fee. For I'll take sure. it. Yeah. I want to talk about some more slam dunk prospects for pick 24. Like the guys that have been in this conversation. Because interestingly enough, I think a lot of guys that we've talked about on that short list either had really good combines or pretty bad ones. Yep. And we can start with receiver. Two two that come to mind just looking at it. I don't think Sauce Gardner was ever a consideration at 24. Like, I don't think he was ever going to fall that far. It's not happening now, right? For a guy that big to go and put the uh, numbers that he did in the workouts, 
top ten pick. Oh, and, first corner off the board. I think I yeah. think that's fair. Trevor Penning is another one, a guy, a senior bowl guy that we've talked about. I think he played his way into like the top fifteen, right? Yeah, there's a, depending on what mock drafts you look at, the Giants have those picks at five and seven. I saw one where he was picked at seven. So, you know, I, I think to me, you know, the Cowboys in the history of really not taking the guys that would be smaller school guys, we kind of talked about that. I honestly think that Penning, as much as the Cowboys like him, I don't think they would play him at guard because he's six seven. Yeah. So if you're looking for, would you draft him at twenty four and then play him at guard? I don't think that's the case. I think the Cowboys are going to get somebody likely that's damaged, and I mean damaged in the way of they're deficient in some area, Ooh. and damaged when you start talking about, you know, that Dean, he's short. Mm-hmm. Lloyd didn't work out particularly great. I, that doesn't bother me, but the film's too good on those guys. Linderbaum is never going to be huge, but he's but he, but nobody has overcome his limitations to play as well as he has. So I wanted to bring him up. I was going to start with receivers, but we can start Burks, there. Burks could be a guy too that that people have a lot of. They say, well, here's a guy that's six two, two hundred twenty five pounds. Is he really a four five five guy? Tyler Linderbaum, thirty-one and one eighths arms. He's never. He is going to be. He is always going to have limitations. Does that concern you? Well, it, okay. I had somebody in the league explain to me this about Tyler Linderbaum, and I think it's a good point. Look what Mike McCarthy and them have done over the years with center. When you look at Green Bay, the Corey Lindsleys and guys like that, they've played with undersized centers before, and they've managed to work. That's kind of Joe Philbin's thing. So if in fact Tyler Linderbaum deserves every bit of accolades he gets from people. Just know that there are physical limitations with him that he's going to overcome. Kyle, you've been beating that drum this yeah. entire time. Are you worried about that? Not really, because I'm still t- sticking with the tape. And it kind of goes back when we were talking to Will McClay about it a little bit. And you, you want to look at it kind of like what Brian just said, too. If you want to look at if it affects him. And there's no point throughout his tape or throughout the, the entire scouting process with him that it's affected him with those 31 and one eighths arms. Now... When you get to the next level, that could be the case. So you got that's where you kind of have to have that, uh, that next level eye to really see if he is going to struggle blocking some of these guys, blocking some of these interior defensive linemen with those short arms. I don't think he will. But at the same time, maybe other teams think he, he will struggle at it, and that could push him a little bit further down the board than it originally anticipated. I hate to be the like underwear Olymp- the guy that's the sucker yeah. for the combine. I got to give credit. Uh, Cowboy Twitter's favorite troll, our buddy Marcus Mosier, <laughs> posted the list of like every sinner since 2000 with sub-32-inch arms. It's not inspiring. Yeah, most of those lists are really dumb. And please uh, tell make you why, me feel because better. Because I've then. seen all the lists he puts out, and the thing is, on those lists, the vast, vast, vast majority of the people who go to the combine are going to be bad in the NFL. That's <laughs> like, good point. Congratulations, yeah. you found a list of the 350 people invited to the combine each year, and then yeah. you compiled them in any way you want to. They're going to flop. I went because he did the wide receiver one where it's like if you run a four, five, nine or slower yep. bust. And I was like, all right. And I looked up the 10 fastest receivers in the history of the combine. Trash. All of them are trash. Like it doesn't matter how you sort them. You're grabbing from a pool of everyone invited to the combine. And 90% of the dudes invited to the combine are not going to be good NFL players. So however you choose to sort them, 90% of them are not going to be good NFL players. I remember looking at that list that you had where it was four, five, nine, and slower. And, and I, I think I like, saw And your... off that list, you would not draft Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's what I was and about to say. And what NFL mm. scout watched Cooper Cup and said, guys, he ran in this time. Most guys who run this time can't play. The answer, none. Because they watched him play, mm-hmm. and you knew he was fast enough, and he was good enough. So all those lists, to me, are pretty dumb. I appreciate that. Marcus, if, you, if you're listening, we think you're a bum. Yeah, if the, <laughs> the thing about it is, and Jeff's right, I mean, I went back and just was curious about the, the, all the times from all the history of the combine of the fastest per position. Half those guys, you're like, who? Drake, the Trey Archers and those people oh, like that. The yeah. guys that win the yeah, I mean, 40, you don't yeah, want to win the 40. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, every one of those guys you, you look at. You good tape and be athletic enough to play yeah, in the league. Yeah, that's, that, what you that, that's the thing about it. Like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, because we've talked a lot about Kenyon Green. I was, that's where I was going. So 
I know what Jeff's going to say based on what he just said. Yeah. Just a mediocre workout across the board. Well, yep. the, the strength, the, the lack of the yeah. lack of strength numbers. And again, if you've followed me for very long, I have a problem with guys that aren't strong. But as I say that, they end up being great players. You know, I could talk about the David Bakhtiaris and all these guys. Nate Solder. Nate Solder. uh, Colton Miller. Colton Miller. I've talked about all those guys. And every time you think that they have a lack of something, strength, you know, I don't see a weak guy. I see a long-armed guy that's kind of gotten struggles with bench press. You know, but people say, well, is there there concern about his strength numbers and stuff? Yeah. I mean, if you want to say that, sure, he doesn't bench a lot. He doesn't have short arms. But he plays strong. You know, that's the thing you got. The combine will will take you into another direction if you allow it to. You know, that's to me. I I said this the other day. Somebody asked me about Jordan Davis and how impressive that was. The most impressive thing I'd seen, like uh, I'd seen Tyrone Wheatley at 232 pounds one time run 4-4. And back in the day, that was super impressive to see a man roll out of bed and run that fast without any kind of training or anything like that that they do today. But the thing with Davis, yeah, it's super impressive. To me, that's a number on a tag that I'm going to put on a board. How did he kick that guy's ass from Georgia or from Alabama or Michigan or Florida or all those teams he played? Let's not lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Which and that's I think that's my thing with Jordan with all Davis. these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good and bad. Yeah. The, Jordan and, Davis tested as the most most athletic defensive tackle in the history of the combine. Yeah. Do you still depending think- on how you want to do that? Because like the way that I look at it is the guy, uh, what's his name, Kent Platt at Math Bomb on Twitter. Okay, and he does the relative athletic scores where it's like if you're 340 pounds yeah. and you do this, like you get the credit for it, and he essentially scored out as number one ever since yeah. we've tested all these things. Does that change your opinion that he could be more than a situational player? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go for it or. But that has to do more with endurance more so than just pure athleticism. I know that pure athleticism would help in that fact, but at the same time, you got to have that stamina in order to stay on the field for three straight downs and give it a a legitimate effort. But once you tell me that at 340 pounds, you can run, and I don't really care about the 40 for a defensive tackle, but it's impressive that he got into the 4.7s. Get out of here. We were all thinking 4.9 would be amazing. But his, like, even his 10 yard split was, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that's a Got dude with a really block. good get-off. My man can move. So, like, you look at that and you say, okay, on tape, I know for a fact that people aren't going to move you. He, in college, made very few plays, although a couple that he did outside of the tackle box were really impressive, but for the most part, didn't. But I think you look at those numbers and you go, wow, that guy is athletic at that size. I think I can teach you to rush the passer a little bit. Yeah. I think I can keep you on the field. Uh, Do you take him off the field in the nickel? See, no, not necessarily. Because, see, that's where I, I would worry a little bit about Dan Quinn, that if you all of a sudden you're playing all these pass rushers, you know, and that, you know, does he come off the field? I think it depends what version of nickel, because teams play nickel so much, right? Like right, that's is what the I'm saying. real base. Yeah. The, the fact that you have five DBs on the field isn't taking Jordan Davis off the field for me. But you're, but but you're putting, rush, and, but you're putting 10, rush, yeah, maybe. you're putting rushers on the field, though. Yeah. You're not putting, you know, you're not putting, like, a Quentin Bohanna uh, on yeah, the field. Yeah, trying to clog the nickel. on yeah. passing downs. Yeah. Obvious passing downs, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, the Cowboys aren't taking Neville Gallimore and whoever. Like, well, they're Neville playing three hundred pounders. In the yeah, nickel. but Neville Gallimore could play one or three. Yeah, yeah, but you still have a one technique in the nickel. You have somebody lined up there. Yeah, and it might, it, it, might, it might be a defensive end. I'm gonna say it's yeah. usually more it's more streamlined player a lot of the time. A lot of times it's a three technique or maybe an edge rusher that they'll throw in there. As maybe well. I mean that's just a thought. They're they're nickel eighty percent of the time. That's what I'm saying. I think I'm with you. They though. play a one technique in the nickel. No, but what we're saying, like Demarcus Lawrence plays D tackle in the nickel a lot. Like they get smaller, faster guys on third on down field. and stuff on like third and ten. Yeah. yeah, not in nickel. Yeah, okay. in nickel is their base defense. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. So Jordan Davis have like changed change doesn't sound like he's changed your opinion. No, I mean just I mean I, the, he's the he's the best one technique in the draft. You know, and that's but you know does does the fact that he ran 478 mean he's going to get to you? You know, it depends on like cuz people Do you think he played his way out of like is 24 off the table? I think he's gone. You think he's gone? I think he's gone. What about I think you? he's top 20, yeah. 
Yeah, I think he's probably gone too. I think he's yeah, I think he's probably gone too. But the thing about it is, though, I mean, I didn't really think that maybe he would be there at twenty four. I know we nobody's ever really talked about. I mean, I've seen one or two people send mock drafts to Jeff and I all the time. Yeah, and everybody sends mock drafts that have Green, 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 Green is the first guy. Lindenbaum, Lindenbaum, Lindenbaum. Nobody had Jordan Davis. Very few. Yeah, very few. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, would you consider him at twenty four? And I'm like, I never thought he would get to 24. You know, I never really thought that. Uh, another offensive line name that I don't want us to get out of here without mentioning. Sure. I think Zion Johnson at oh. 24 would be a fine pick. He had a we, great, are, we, we are going yep. to talk about Zion. Don't you worry about it. Is he better than Green to you now? I have been wondering that in my own brain all morning. Like, will I flip them because Wait, of athletic testing? I, like, I love both those players. I want to get to that in the second yeah. segment. We're going to do a whole thing about it. Real quick, though, going back to the receivers, which we started with, sure. I do think it's interesting, and I get, nobody's going to overreact to 40 times. Again, Traylon Burks is going to improve his four five five at Pro Day. Like, he's going to run a better 40 at, in Fayetteville. Would you agree? Absolutely. So, but if, I, I'll get him at 38 yards. But when you're doing... <laughs> Exactly. Early stopwatch. When His athletic testing was the same as C.D. Lamb's. I don't know why we're pretending Traylon Burks had yeah. a bad combine. I think because I think because it, people it was expe- below expectations. People expected him to put up like a four, DK four, Metcalf thing. Yeah. Okay. Like they expected yeah. well, he's him six, to be two, a freak. Two twenty-five and tested as an average to above average wide yeah. receiver athletically in the NFL. I just think that works. I think people thought he was going to explode out of the gym. That's yeah. all. And but okay, but the reason I ask is like again the old ice cream thing when you got guys. Chris Olave, we've been talking about this guy as into the first round since we started. He's my fourth best receiver on the board. Been that way since December. So hey, he's mine too. When yeah. he tests the way that he did, and then Traylon Burks, the film too. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah. but I'm saying, so like, in the eyes of these teams, do you think there's any potential for switching this around? Like, has has Chris Olave played his he's way a, higher than we thought? Is he 178 pounds? He's very light. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, people are going to probably look at that a little bit and say, well, he's not as big as sturdy as a guy. But then you watch him play at Ohio State, he makes every play. I mean, we've talked about him. Jeff knows wide receivers. This guy, I mean, you, the, the technique that he plays with, the way he catches the football, the way he gets open, the 174-pound stuff's not bothering me at all. I hate to compare. I, I, I'm going to, but I don't want to do I don't think they're that similar, but... We did this with Devontae Smith last year. Like, I mean, he's the lightest receiver I can ever remember being that high of a pick. Mm -hmm. And he's still better player than Chris Olave. I get it. But, like, maybe if if he can do everything else. Like, I'm very confident Chris Olave is just like, I feel like you can plug him right in. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. Because I feel like that he could play at a couple different spots. And I just wonder. I think he thrives. It's a big-time player right there. You know, he doesn't get the notoriety that he should. I know here I'm talking about a first round guy. Ohio State's got some really great receivers. I get I think that's my point is like I feel he like he makes just as many plays as the other kids. He feels like he's been lost in the shuffle. Do you agree? And do you think that he is no longer lost in the shuffle having run up four to three nine at the combine? Uh I think he was even kind of uh, lost in the shuffle for me because I don't have Olave as like one of my top four or five wide receivers. Uh, I think the 40 helps him, but I think for me, the guys that are in front of him, you're looking at traits that either I personally or maybe the NFL values right now. And with Olave, my one thing was just like, break a tackle. Yeah. Like he, he's not a hard to tackle guy. So, like, he's a smooth athlete. He's a good route runner. His sideline awareness is great. Like, he's a really good player. And I think he's a step in second or third receiver for an NFL team. But the guys that I have in front of him, I'm, I can tell you, like, hey, why do you have him ahead of Olave? And I'm like, well, he's an explosive mover. Boy, he is hell after the catch. He is uh, high point in the ball. Uh, just different things like that. So, to me, uh, I wouldn't even like Olave at 24. And I like him. And there's a guy right there that makes, in my opinion, I'll disagree with Jeff on this one. I, I, I think there's a guy that makes, takes little plays and makes them into big plays. 
I think he's got the explosiveness. I think he's got the quickness. I think he's got that ability. It doesn't matter where you throw the ball to this kid. He is going to make a play. He is going to find a way to get the ball, get it down the field. And like it's crossing routes, it's underneath screens, whatever you throw him the ball, I kind of feel like that he's going to take it and make something big out of it. His separation comes before the throw. It comes before the catch. That's where his route running comes in. That's where his ability to get away from a defender comes in. And then on the backside of it, he's not as explosive after the catch as Garrett Wilson, as Jamison Williams, as John Mechie, and of course Williams and Mechie before their injuries at the same time. But he does so much before the catch that it was kind of a fundamental thing that I feel like he got lost in the shuffle. You were talking about damaged goods early on. You could look at Williams and Mechie as damaged goods. You could say Drake London has some some lapses to his game, but he's got extra strengths either way. Chris Olave is just a solid receiver across the board, so maybe he's just not talked about as much, but that's a good thing to be very consistently even in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, one last one. I got to I gotta give Dane Brugler his flowers a little bit. <laughs> it was really good doing the show with him last week. We yeah. missed, missed you and Indy, Brian. Yeah, no. uh, my Combine Brian, the best yeah. best person ever. But nobody yelling at the guy from the Broncos. No, we weren't. No, there were no fights on Radio Road. I tried. We it just there. wasn't the same. Yeah. The Jets jet, didn't do anything. You pissed the Jets off. No, no, nothing. No. Uh, Trevon Walker, ama- yeah. amazing, amazing workout. And, and I mean, Dane's been selling this guy as a top ten. He pick. has. How how do you feel about him? Did his workout do anything to change your mind there? No, I've kind of like you know you watch his tape. It's just to me, you know, the workout. All those Georgia kids. I tweeted about this. I mean, like, we were surprised that these Georgia kids all ran well and worked out well. No, you just watch their tape, and we've been talking about a bunch. They all run to the ball. I mean, every single one of them runs to the ball, and it's like a it's like a race to see who gets there first. And you know, with with stuff with Walker, any one of these Georgia guys, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I. Maybe you're in a situation now. We were kind of talking about him as being a guy at 24. You know, maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of a stretch now with the with the workout, depending on that. But the guy can play at a couple different spots. I've seen him rush inside, seen him rush on the edge. You're talking about a guy that's that long with that weight and all that. Yeah, that's that's a really good football player right there. First round guy for sure. I didn't. I, I fastest twenty minutes ever. We're running behind, but we've we're, we got plenty of combine questions for y'all. We're gonna get to them when we get back from this break. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the show. Liberty Tax is a proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at LibertyTax.com slash Cowboys. I told you all we would get into it. I don't want you to think that I don't want to talk about Zion Johnson. I just wanted to give Jason credit 
for a great question. He says, Twitter, Twitter on the twenty. Oh, thank you, Beam. I forgot. Twitter. You know, you know what, we, you know what we do in the second segment. You know, you. I, I don't need to intro it. It's fine. Too much I, going on in the show today, Dave. Look, I got a lot to get to, man. It stresses me out. Jason wants to know why shouldn't Zion Johnson be OG one? Mm. Fight. Uh, I think it's a fair no. question. I will probably have him as OG one. Um, I had him as a one-two cheater grade and Kenyon Green as a first-round grade. And with their athletic testing factored in, I, th- I think it's a legitimate debate conversation between Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. I love Zion Johnson. If he's the pick at 24, you'll see me going, woohoo! What makes you like him more than Green? He tested well in every way. Like, I, I already liked him. I liked. Yeah. I really liked his tape. And then when you test as, let's see, the jumps, the shuttle, the three cone, all of those were elite for an offensive lineman or for an offensive guard. Tackles can be more athletic. And so not that I had athleticism questions about him, but when you find out that a guy is plus, 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 that's a little bonus. He's, he's an awesome player, and he's an awesome athlete. That's a first-round guy. Brian, you look pensive. I don't think this guy completely trusts himself as a pass blocker. Mm. I don't. And I think that that as many things as the bad testing as you might want to talk about with Kenyon Green, I think he does trust himself. I think that's a nasty football player, that Kenyon Green. And and I, I think he'll surprise you with how well he can redirect and how he's able to adjust in space. And he did, I mean, you can watch him play tackle against Alabama. And hold his own against that team. And I think to play tackle against Alabama, you got to be able to be a pretty good athlete. So that doesn't bother me as much. But I, I just kind of feel like, though, to me, with 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 Johnson, you know, I, I, I've seen a guy that, you know, like I said, I, I think he does a good job of playing until the whistle blows. I was, I was writing stuff about that. But there's that slight hesitation with him. And again, it's about the trust of him as a pass blocker that bothers me a little bit. That's why I have I have Ed Ingram over him myself. And it's not an LSU bias. I'm just looking at players. Mm. You know, I'm just trying to figure it out. If you had to give me the 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 you had to give me the rank them, I'd say Green, Ingram, and Johnson would be my three guys. I'm curious oh go ahead, Kyle. I, I was just gonna ask you based on the what we saw from the combine. I mean strength was something that I was knocking Johnson for, at least from his tape. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and he has twelve more bench press reps than than Kenyon Green. Yep. Well, kind of going back to what you were saying, how aggressive Kenyon Green is, but fundamentally sound, he's a better player on tape. Does that where does that weigh in in terms of scouting departments when you're looking at Zion Johnson as a raw talent yeah. where maybe Green is nearing the ceiling because of how fundamentally sound he is, whereas Johnson may have even more room to improve? I, I would flip that. You think I, so? I have more faith in Zion Johnson in terms, as a of, fundamental in player? terms of consistency. Yeah, really? I, think, I think he's okay. the best sustainer of blocks in this draft. I think the combination of flexibility, mobility, grip strength. He locks on. I he think, doesn't let go. I think Zion is pretty damn safe. I, I think, to me, Kenyon Green is more, not a projection because he's played so many different places, but when you're playing so many different places – you know, you're asked to do different things at different times as opposed to, to being the left guard every week. Uh, That's a good I, point. I think Zion Johnson is safer than Kenyon Green. Brian, why do you think it is? Because Zion tested very well athletically. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you think it is that he wouldn't trust himself as a pass blocker? I don't think he really trusted his strength. I don't. I mean, there's there's times when you watch him play and there's that hesitation, and it didn't look like he was really really sure. About you know how he and he's and he's strong enough. The numbers tell you he's strong enough, you know. But I, I you watch Green when Green locks on a guy, that guy doesn't move. I mean they don't go back. I mean they sit right there on the line, you know. And I I just there were there were games that I saw. I mean you can watch Zion Johnson play against Clemson and teams like that that have these really good athletic defensive linemen. And I kind of felt like though that that was a good test. So here I'm watching Alabama. You know, tape for Green. I'm watching Zion Johnson play against Clemson, and I'm kind of trying to watch the best of the best. I just felt more confident that the guy at Texas A&M was just a little bit more of a of a guy that you know he wasn't going to get knocked back or pulled forward or or pulled out of his stance. This feels like a perfect example of 
the way this draft class is structured in the sense of like there's talent there's not a lot of consensus past about six or seven prospects yeah and we're sitting even here, in the top six or seven i feel like y'all are saying the same thing about different players you're like oh well here's why all the reasons i like this guy not so much and it, I, it's just beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah, that's the thing about it. The Cowboys, as good as we think the players are there at 24, like I said earlier to open the show, there's going to be some flaws in every one of these guys. You know, well, That's what good, happens when you're picking 24. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, and that's true. But you've got to know the flaws you're dealing with. That's going in. I mean, you're not – I mean, does one of these guys is going to be plug-and-play? Linderbaum, plug-and-play? Absolutely. Green, Johnson, plug-and-play? Absolutely. But just know what you're going to get potentially get going into this thing. I don't. I think the whole thing about positional value with guard is overdone a little bit. Obviously, I mean Zach Martin speaks for himself. We've seen guys like Brandon Scherf get drafted really highly, but two guards in the first round that is not common. It's not super common anyway. I mean, are these both? These are both first round locks in your opinion. And I'm not saying like gone by I, 24, but just first 32 picks. I think that to me, that's why I said I, I Green, Ingram, and Johnson. I mean, I Green to me would be to use Jeff's term, the cheater grade kind of a thing. That one to two, and then Ingram and Johnson. I have clearly in the second round on my board, but I only have twenty first round grades. So I mean, it's not like we've talked about this a bunch. You don't have thirty two first round grades, right? They're they're twenty four are likely going to take a second round player on on off my board. I'm glad you said that. Unless it's one of those safeties, you know, Dax Hill or somebody like that. Do you have one more thing to add, Kyle? Oh, I was just going to add to your point a second ago about how there hasn't been an interior offensive lineman taken. There hasn't been one since 2020 at 24. Oh, Cesar really? Ruiz out of Michigan went to the New Orleans Saints. Saints and not, not having a wonderful career. It's not been a great the, start, but he's point. the last interior guy to be drafted in the first round. The only yeah. one over the last two years. I just, I, I he's can, had to play center and guard. No, no, there, he's, right? he's, he's had a lot more on his plate. I just, I can't wait. To, again, I'm a broken record, but the way this is going to shake out, like one of these guys is going to go. They're going like to take. They're going to. I, I, I'm. I would willing if you were going to do the uh, Leighton Vanderish, say who they're going to take guy. Yeah. They're going to take an offensive. They're going to take a guard at twenty-four, I believe. I, that's what you would. If I had to bet right now, that's what I would say. They're and, going to take a guard. And, and, be with you. Unless the receiver they love falls to that spot, I think I agree with you. I don't I want to derail the, the segment, but is tackle it. in that conversation a little bit as well? Because I, I feel like this tackle class continues to feel more and more and more top heavy. We mentioned pinning early. Of course, you have the top three guys with Aquan Wu and yeah. we actually Cross. got. You know, Will McClay doesn't like to give out a lot, but he was gushing about this Tackles. tackle class yep. at the combine. Yeah, no, that's what I'm. Uh, uh, Bad news, Will. They're, They're all, all going to be gone. <laughs> well, the, the top, the, the four top, I want. Yeah. yeah. Well, pending pending on my book is the fourth one. Right. So if that's the case, yeah, then you're gonna you're looking at you're looking at guys down the line for sure. But there, there's going to be the Cowboys at 24. I, I believe I'm going to make a prediction is, is going to take an interior offensive lineman, whether it's the center from Iowa or one of these, the Boston College or Texas A&M kid. I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I, going back to your point, we, we say it a million times every year, you only have 16 to 20 first-round grades. Yeah. Michael wants to know, we've been saying it forever, the sweet spot in this draft feels like it's between like 25 and 60. He wants to know, what about your second-round grades? Like, And, and Brian, I, w- I would love to call on your experience actually doing this. What is a normal number of second round grades, just on average, in your opinion? And then, well, how clear- many do you have right now? Yeah, I I didn't count them up. I'd have to do some quick math here on no, the when thing. You went to LSU. I don't want you doing no that. exactly. <laughs> I mean, when you start talking, I mean, I feel like the the depth of it at position. I feel like I've got three to four guys at every position. The only the only position I have like three safeties in that second round. I got four cornerbacks, two inside linebackers. Uh, I have six defensive tackles. Whether you have it as ones or threes together, <laughs> Jeff's eyes just lit three. Up. Well, no, because I thought it was funny. I had six also. <laughs> three edges, three running backs, three quarterbacks, four guards, two tackles, two tight ends, and then you could say five wide receivers in the second is where I got it. So that all those numbers, it, it to me. I would love to have. I mean, you don't just put window dress these second round grades. Every one of those guys in the second round, I'd love to have. I'm not gonna, like I said, you know, we've we've talked about Brisker, the Penn State safety. You know, we've talked about, uh, 
you know, we talked about uh, you know London, Pickens, guys like that, Clark from LSU, Harris from Alabama. You know, these are all guys. Christian like, Harris had yeah. a nice combine. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. The problem is he's 226 pounds, though, too. You know, you wonder if people are going to look at that and say, I mean, there's a couple of these guys in this thing. Like I say, maybe the top linebackers, when you look at Dean and Harris and those guys, are kind of a little bit of undersized guys. I, I'm derailing my own segment right now, but I was thinking about a boy. I was thinking about that at the combine. If you look at the Cowboys' history, especially like since McCarthy got here, and before that too, like. They love size. I mean, like yeah. look at look at Leighton Vander Esch. Like look at his physical makeup, and it makes me wonder if they would even consider a Nicobe Dean. Like we've talked. Oh of, no, are we, are yeah. we off base even talking about him? Because no, no, he's we small? we put him where we you know you put him where. But Dan Quinn, Atlanta though, didn't drafted Deion Jones. Yeah, was, and, mm, and that's he's taller than Dean though. I mean, yeah, he's like six two. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Dean's five eleven. Yeah, I mean that's what he is. Yeah. So I mean Lloyd. You know, my gut feeling is a guy like Dean will probably be there for you. But would they take him? I that that I don't know if I don't yeah. know if they're drafting a five. I, I think that if you linebacker. if you talked about if you talked about who the better players are. I mean, if you're looking at your team, if you said, okay, we have to fix something now. They're going to fix the inside of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're going to fix the inside of that offensive line first is what they're going to do. By the way, just to keep this conversation, here are the guys that they talked to in terms of. Inside linebackers at the combine: Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, guy. Christian Harris Small from Alabama. Well, you were then talking about a good combine. Brian uh, Asamoah. Yeah, Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma. He's a really small guy. And then Damone Clark. Those are the four inside so linebackers. So they kind of they they kind of went two bigs and two smalls. Good is what they did. I yep. I I love Nicobe Dean. Like I'm not yeah. trying to write him off. I hope that they would be interested in drafting him. I just it's something I was thinking about. Jeff, I'll lob this to you from Ju. He's definitely you know what that means, right? It's about a Sky wide, Moore. No, oh. <laughs> it is about a wide receiver. Is that though. Johnson? That's not a wide receiver. He's definitely not a forgotten man, but he can't do anything because he's hurt. Jamison Williams. Mm, yeah. What like what what do you what do you do with this guy? Like where where do you like? I can tell you where he's going to get picked. That's well, that's what I'm asking. How, you. Yeah, I know how the NFL works. Go. So what happens is you go through this thing and you'll have a couple receivers plucked off the board. They won't be named Jamison Williams, and then lo and behold, we'll all be sitting there with our hand and a popcorn tub when Pat Mahomes gets Jamison Williams. Oh, That's where Jamison Williams is oh, going to no, go. every, He's every, going to be a chief. Every mock draft has him going to Tampa. You know, at the end of the board. I mean, that's they're right. There's some of these guys like the, like Williams, these some of these guys that are hurt. You know, these these people are going to take advantage. I mean, Tennessee did that with a defensive tackle from Mississippi State a couple years ago and Maybe Jamison goes 24th. Yeah. I mean, that would be. I don't think that's impossible. That would be. You don't think this team would like to have that sort of playmaking explosive? I think this. I think think this team is looking at right now. They're trying to figure out this whole thing we've been talking about a bunch with the Samari Cooper. Yeah, they need to get Gallup done it before they even think about moving. Oh yeah, Cooper. Yeah, and I think there's a good possibility your receivers next year are Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson. See, I don't uh, think Cedric. Wilson, yeah, see, that's I don't a, think I, it. It sounds either. like Cedric Wilson's getting a lot of play. Cedric yeah. Wilson's going to get a deal that. Yeah. Make that's some just, eyebrows go. Well, if that, that happens, then hot darn, let's go. We're picking wide receivers I, early, baby. Wait, all right. Well, let me just. I, I'm always sorry. I'm no, no, no. You're good. I'm trying to answer as many questions. Go as ahead. Possible. I, well, I, I took you off. Yeah, we won't let you. No, I'm hoping that's you're going here anyway. But oh, I was gonna say your prediction earlier of interior offensive line in yeah. the first round. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that there's a receiver taken in the first two rounds by the, From, Cowboys? By the Cowboys. I think that is a fantastic I think it's a lot. bet. Yeah, mm-hmm. which tying into that. First three this question is in a world in a world where Amari's gone and Gallup is Pierce signed Cincinnati. long term. <laughs> give me a receiver that you think fits. A re- basically, Gallup and Lamb are your building blocks of your receiver core. Maybe you sign a veteran in free agency, but receiver being a need. Give me a guy that fits with those two. If if Lamb and Gallup are your one and two, a guy that you like is your three. Do I have to answer? No. Thank you. Hmm. Do you think I would they would? Wait, all, right, all right, Kyle, go ahead. Sidney Lamb to... can stay outside. I'll take Sky Moore in the second round and party. There Appreciate it is. You. Um, I would. I probably would have said David Bell before last he ran week. a four six five. But then he ran a four six five. I I don't like slow wide receivers. We talked about that last year a little bit as well. I'm not a big fan of slow wide receivers, and David Bell proved to me that he's a, a slow one. I mean, route running fine, ball skills fine. 
football IQ, toughness, it's all there. But I'm, in terms of running a four six five, I'm not there. Can I pick yours for you, Brian? Go ahead. George Pickens? Damn right. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's good. That's George, probably George who Pickens. I would pick right now. He's good. 6'3", 195. I, I think there's a, there's a certain amount of flash and explosiveness and you know, you watch this guy. He he. The way he catches the ball, it reminds me of Odell Beckham. Seriously, with those type of hands. I mean, he plays when he's running with the ball. He keeps it like in one hand, and you, you can just see the hand strength. See, so like hold it yeah, out he's there like crazy. Odell does. It's, yeah, does. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, but he goes he high, low. I mean, yeah. And but he's not afraid. I mean, he's a bigger guy, receiver though, yeah, and six, he's three. still got that. Yeah. I mean, to me, that that's the guy. If, if to me, if his knee were to check out. I, I mean, check out in a good way, not check out, no, give him a bad thing. I, I mean, I would be all over this. And I mentioned this guy, this Alex Pierce from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Well, you were talking about a good combine. There's another guy. I mean, Ooh. we talked about him before the combine. He's 6'3, he's 211 pounds, he's tough. I mean, you watch Ritter, you're trying to evaluate Ritter. Yeah. And he's throwing the ball to this one guy that's number 12 the whole time, and you're going, well, who is this cat? And then you look it up, it's like, oh, that's a cat I get to watch down the stretch. <laughs> and he watched, and he runs a 4-3-3, and he jumped out of the gym. Yeah. He's all I, I mean, over. I mean, body control, balance, all these things with this guy, too. I'm having an existential crisis because <laughs> one of my biggest draft crushes is an FCS guy, and the Cowboys haven't the North, drafted one of those. North Dakota State kid? Christian Watson. Yeah. You like him? He had a, I mean. I scouted his dad. I loved him at the <laughs> Senior Bowl, and then he goes to the Combine and does that. I remember, you were gushing on him He's, in in. Mobile. Was, was the combine broken this year? Yeah, sure seemed like. I just a bit. can't. I can't recall a year. They got where that. so many people that you name. You're like, holy cow, the combine he had. Like oh, you think. mentioned, linebacker Chad Muma destroyed the combine. Yeah. Every Georgia linebacker destroyed the combine. Well, there's a theory. Uh, Leo Chanel destroyed the combine. Yeah. It, it's it was one way or the other though. It was either they destroyed it and they like jumped out of the gym and there's then they two ran things. these great things, or they was just awful. There's two reasons. Do they install Ohio State's track? Yeah, it's downhill because <laughs> it's it's laser, right? Yeah. Well, the, there's two things I think, the, and this is the scouts had an interest on. The one is that you've got these testing centers. These kids prep for the the right. workout. They know what drills are coming as yeah. far as the It's like the studying for a test. Okay. The ones who didn't perform well yeah. probably went to the wrong place. Well, or they didn't go at all. Yeah. Or they just tried to work on their own. Yeah. So, like the two fastest times were two kids from the same same group that ran. I mean, that's just There's also a theory though that too that they let them roll and do things more. The scouts uh. believe that because the combine was put on television, that because it was a prime time event, were they goosing the numbers for wow. TV engagement? Well, just letting them roll a little bit, not there's, calling them there's, back. There's scouts that came up to me and talked to me and said, "There's no way this is the fastest combine in NFL history. There's no way." Yeah, he especially goes, we've been down there was on some, this class all there year. There was some, there was some rolling. There was some, you know, mm. if you look at the prime time numbers. If you look at the primetime numbers, they were really, really high. We've the, gotten to the bottom of this. I just that's just scouts thinking, man. You know, scouts are we, oh, we drive around wait. and think of great I ideas. Guarantee every every scout in the NFL is furious. Well, the, the if you look at if you look at the if you look at the anyway. three cone the three cone drill, there weren't like the numbers weren't great for for that for some reason. So there's the scouts it's have not all sexy on TV. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They they, yeah. they they the NFL is like, listen, hey, what's what's the buzz about the combine? It's running, 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 running. That's the whole buzz, and they put that in prime time. They're not going to pick a receiver anymore. It's really interesting. According Corey. to beat writers, the Cowboys have signed Noah Brown to a one year deal. No, yeah, it's over. At, at least they, that wide receiver dream is done. He is. I like having si- him as your fifth wide at receiver. At least Simi Fajoko doesn't have to put weight on now and try and beat <laughs> oh, Noah Brown. Gosh. God, God bless Noah Brown, man. Yeah. Seventh um, pick in the draft seventh round pick still kicking around yeah. third contract yeah. sorry what's up Kyle uh by the way your guy George Pickens uh-huh. first player they met with your guy Christian Watson second player they met with come on literally Will. the first two off the board bring yeah, me Rogers bring me an FCS million player dollars okay oh my gosh Jeff's just breaking what's that are you are you Adam Ian, Schefter now Ian Rappaport tweeted oh. out Rogers with the Packers. four years 200 million yeah holy cow. see my, my guys him. in Green Bay told me that was going to come is that it said between 45 and 50 uh, yeah, it's dead on 50. 50. That's okay. So Four for my, guys, my guys in Green Bay didn't is, lie. Is Jordan Love a future Washington Commanders quarterback? <laughs> He's something because Rodgers' yeah. 153 of this is guaranteed. Yeesh. Holy cow. Real quick, we're going we're going way long. I <laughs> don't care. No, I, I don't care. Uh, That's interesting, good though. Deal. Could that, that could come in play in the draft. Jordan Love, 
first round picks, something could happen. One guy I wanted to talk about who I also feel like gets lost in the shuffle. Sky Moore a little bit. Cully wanted to hear about Devontae Wyatt, another Georgia guy that had an amazing workout. Yeah. First, I, think I think he'll go in the first round. I think there's a pretty good chance he goes in the first round because uh, I think he'll be the first three technique taken. And the first three technique taken generally is going in the first round. So I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae White is picked somewhere 18, 19, to yeah. 28, something like that. I, Jeff's right. I mean, I, I kind of felt like this guy could play one or three. Yeah. I was just, that's just how, man, you watch him come off the ball and the movement stuff. I mean, they, again, I'm not, I'm not surprised at any of these Georgia kids. I'm just not. Are I'm we? really not. You can watch the tape. They all play fast, they all run. And they're all really good football players, and they're all going to get picked high, and they Turns deserve. Out and they win the national championship. The That's why defense <laughs> yeah. in college football history. Seriously, if you're, if you're, good if you're, it's not that hard. Scouting is not that hard when you play, when you watch Georgia and like, oh, I'll take that big monster. Oh, I'll take this guy that's really fast. Oh, I'll take this linebacker that looks a little short, but he's making Wait, every so tackle. If he's if he's if he can play, oh, one, I'll take this safety that can run really fast too. If he can play one and three and yeah. has those measurables and can run a four seven seven, are yeah. we not talking about him enough as a twenty four? overall kind of guy? Honestly, I, would, I think you should talk about him. I, I just kind of felt like, though, that to me, I say the one part of it because I think he's strong. I think the guy, I think he's he's so quick with his hands that, like, you know, he's not going to let people block him. And that's in the hands, get away. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just don't think that they would take a defensive lineman. I just don't think they would take a tackle at 24. I just They've don't. never done it before, at least yeah. not in my memory. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of breaking news, appreciate that, Jeff. There were some more Cowboys news involving Dalton Schultz. We're going to talk about how that affects the Cowboys draft uh, when we come back from this break. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, your exclusive benefits, and a whole lot more. You can visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details and to join today. Welcome back to the final episode of the Draft Show. We try not to really get too into the Cowboys weeds here on the draft show because there's 19 other shows on this platform that do that. But, fellas, I do think it's interesting. We saw this coming about a week ago, but Dalton Schultz has been tagged by the Cowboys. He is now under contract for the 2022 season at something like $10.9 million. 
not so much curious about that. I mean, we're, we'll have so much time to get into what that means for Amari Cooper and a whole bunch of other things. But in terms of the tight end position, I would like to have a dialogue about what that might look like because, for my money, you do this – you do this as a stopgap, probably, right? Because the Cowboys and and they told you themselves at the combine they don't feel good about their numbers at this position, and so I just think this is a prime position to be targeted in the draft. And how might they do that? Uh, am I on? No, I'm not. There on. You Hi, go. everybody. You're back. Uh, I guess I'll give you a better opinion in like seven weeks because it's <laughs> a be, long time because what do they what do they view this as because in my mind the natural thing for the cowboys to do would be now that you've tagged dalton schultz would be to actually work out a long-term deal so that his cap hit is less than 11 million dollars this year so then you can go about signing randy gregory and j ron curse whatever so in my brain i'm thinking this is hold on while we work out a long-term deal and i don't feel like other people in the room think that i feel like you guys think that this might be a play on the tag I think this is a play on the tag. I don't. I, I'm with you. I think it, they've got till July 15th to work out a deal. I, I I think with that cap hit being a little bit less would help them out tremendously than playing with the the 10 million dollar tag moving forward to get that long term deal done. But before July 15th, I think it's absolutely doable. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, if. Blake Jarwin hadn't just, just totally destroyed himself. Yes. Mm. This might be a different situation right now. Agreed. I think the Cowboys are buying themselves some time. I know Will McClay likes to protect himself. Yep. I understand what Jeff's saying. I just think this tight end draft actually is too good to not dip the toe in the pool. You know, I, I feel like that at the combine they talked to a couple of different guys. We've mentioned I, you know, I'm really high on this. Uh, I'm gonna say it's an adult shit. Dolchitz. Greg Dolchitz. Dolchitz. Dol, you got to be careful with that. I know, but I think that's – I mean, Dulcich. I was trying to – Dolchitz. Dolchitz. UCLA, right? Yeah, UCLA yeah. tied in. Greg Dolchitz. Dolchitz. There we go. I can't say his name right. <laughs> careful, Brian. Careful. I can't say his name right. I'm sorry. 6'4", 243. But anyway, UCLA. he's uh, – yeah, I mean, you know, this is – there's there's him. They've talked about him, Charlie Kohler, you know, from Iowa, Iowa State. State. You know, these are guys that are – I kind of feel like, though, when they get down in that third, fourth round, they did the same thing with Schultz. You know, they find a guy that's got a little bit more blocking ability. The kid from UCLA can block, mm. and he can line up at a bunch of different spots. You might have to go earlier than maybe the third round on him. Yeah, where do you start looking? I got him in two, and that's a problem if you're for team building because nobody's going to take – I mean, they took – well, we took our guy from San Diego State here, what uh, Gavin Escobar, in the second round, and that didn't work out so well. This guy's better than, much better than Gavin Escobar ever thought about being. But I kind of feel like, though, that maybe if it's not him, then you, you take a look at, like I say, the Kohler. He's six seven and two fifty six. They they talked to Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Six seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Can we yeah, go he's back massive. to? Yeah, no, you let's watch talk him Charles play. Kohler. Yeah, you watch him play, and it's interesting because I would not say he's the most athletic runner, but at six seven, you're going to look funny running that way anyway. But what he does is he's got body control and he's got balance. And what happens is at six seven when he goes and gets the football. Nobody could get to him as I mean they're hitting his wrists. You know he's extending and they're hitting his forearms and wrists trying to knock the ball away because he's got a massive wingspan he on does. top of the six foot seven. I yeah. mean it's like playing he is. power forward. I in mean the NBA. seriously, you watch him play and he's he's got I mean he's got to feel like that with Dalton Schultz. What's the one thing Dalton Schultz does? He's got to feel for where to go, run, stop, sit down, catch the ball. This guy in the red zone, I mean, is a killer. Because, again, he, he kind of gets up the field, and then he knows how to get to space, and they throw him the ball, and he's so damn tall that he makes these plays. So that's a problem for defenders. They can't reach on him when he extends. So I, I, I think that's, that's one of those guys you talk about the third, fourth round. That's, I think, the sweet spot for what the Cowboys are probably – they're probably not going to get the two best tight ends but they'll probably get guys that make sense for them in that third, fourth round. The the names that we've mentioned throughout, Trey McBride from Colorado yeah. State, Jalen Weidermeyer from It's another from guy they like a lot, yeah. Kate Otten from Washington, Love Jeremy him. Ruckert from Ohio State. Are you saying those guys are too early for the Cowboys' window? Because No, they, the, early guys, the early guys to me is going to be 
like I say, I think UCLA is too early, and I think Texas A&M Weidemeyer's. Yeah, it's too ah, early. Don't. Yeah, I don't want to say the kid's name because I don't want to get a Dolchich. Don't do it. I'm not, and I'm not going to say it when he gets drafted. If he gets drafted here, I'm going to have to learn. We'll just call him Greg. But yeah, I mean, Greg I, D, I, baby. I know these guys. I know these guys really do like Trey McBride from Colorado State. You Ooh, can watch. Too. You can watch Trey McBride. I mean, this guy's. Really tough runner after the catch. I mean, the, the, I, Colorado State was bad last year. This was the kid that had a – he was the bright spot of a team. But he's like an old-school Y tight end that lines up in line and stuff like that. So, I mean, man, he's pretty impressive. And I mentioned – you know, you mentioned, Kyle, about Kate Ott. And that, this, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite kids. And You were early on him. I he is banged up. Year. Yeah, he's yeah. banged up. And he's probably – you're going to have to go work him out and stuff. But you watch Kate Ott and play at Washington. I mean, he makes a ton of plays. So, to me – you know, if they don't go the route of trying to extend, I think they've got some seriously good options there at tight end. Honestly, even and I, Jeff could be right. That's my well, he could very well be right. My read on it is that I think the Cowboys were going to say, Dalton, we really appreciate everything you did here. We're going to roll with Blake because he's cheaper. Yeah, and we're going to take that nice comp pick we get when you sign a sixty million dollar deal with the Jets. Right. And then they found out Blake Jarwin might not be available. Might this not year. ever play again. Yep. And look, I get that there's some great tight ends in this class. There aren't very many tight ends who can come right in and play. It's just not a position where that happens. And those guys tend to go in the top 15 if they are that good. Well, look at the guys that you have or had underneath Jarwin and guys like that over the last couple of years. The Jeremy Sprinkles of the world. The Blake Bells of the world. You don't need a guy to come in and make plays. That's what Dalton Schultz is doing at the moment. You may need a guy to come in and fill a role either as a blocker or as a red zone threat. And that's kind of where I'm I'm with Brian on the Charlie Kohler type of pick because Dalton Schultz, as good as he is, he's solid in the red zone. He's not a red zone mismatch. You could have a red zone mismatch, and you haven't had that on this roster. That's where I'm a little bit worried about Trey McBride because he had one touchdown grab or zero yeah. touchdown grabs yeah. this past season. He's not that same kind of red zone threat. In between the 20s, he's, he's as good as anybody. Yeah, But... At the same time, I want a guy who's going to either be a mismatch in inside the 20-yard line or somebody that's just going to run people over and block in the run game and find some time in the pass game every now and again. Does the crap quality of his team play into that at all? Yes, I think it does. Like maybe I don't he think could be better in a better Quarterback offense. wasn't great. He wasn't good. <laughs> I, I don't think it, it was a... It was 100% on the bad team. I still think there's things that he could have done to be better isn't in the this, red zone. Isn't this a big list of tight ends that are unrestricted or free agent tight yeah. ends? Lots yeah. of them, yeah. A lot yeah. of them. Yeah. So maybe if you don't want to go that route, you know, maybe they can bottom fish. Pick another My guy. plan for the I Dallas Cowboys this offseason is if it doesn't help Dak, I'm not interested in you telling me anything else. That's my plan right now. I like that. Like, if you can't help me with an offensive lineman, you can't help me with a receiver, you can't help me with a tight end or any of that, I'm really not interested in talking to you about it. You know, How I, much do you think this helps Dak, keeping Schultz around? He Obviously, it's big because Dalton Schultz has figured out how to get open and, like I said, the stop and stuff. They could send the defense one way, he goes the other way, he makes plays. You know, Dalton Schultz is never going to break away and tackles. I mean, he's going to bang around and do some things. It's looked at as a bad thing, but what, who's the one thing on offense in the second half of the season they had that was any, with any consistency? Throwing the ball eight yards to Dalton Schultz, and he gets yeah. another three yards on top of that. It, it was always the blanket. Yeah, it worked for another guy. Who anything, here for anything, a really long that, time. anything that's not <laughs> helping bro. Dak, I don't want to talk about. That's how I look at so this. You, you've got, you've got grades on all these guys, right? Yeah. Can you just kind of read down them for me? Yeah, I don't have, I don't have a first round tight end. No, I know, but just tell, like, give me Weidemeyer, the, yeah. UCLA second round, Otten. Rucker, McBride, Rucker's Ohio State, McBride is Colorado State, Kohler likely in the fourth or two in, the, in that. And you got my guy Trey McBride is your fifth tight end? Uh, I do. I'm coming after you. Where I do you do. have him, Jeff? What's with all the questions? I just want you to engage in the segment. Trey McBride ahead as a 2-3, and then I have Ruckert as a 3, likely as a 4. And That's where I have Ruckert. Brian's yeah. seen 76 other guys that I haven't seen yet, but I'm also unemployed, <laughs> so i got a lot of time today. It's fair. I get real caught up. <laughs> 
I just think that so was a jealous. ski trip. <laughs> ski trip was great. Didn't watch a lot of tape, uh, but I did make some YouTube videos. If you want to check out my page, that's what I am. Oh, I'm a YouTube streamer. Don't um, let don't let Brian make you feel guilty I for did, having work life balance. I have I have never. I never. I don't I have work. That's this that's is my the job. name of your game. Yeah. Come, I leave work at eight o'clock on a Tuesday in the off season, and you're like, really? Already? Yeah. You're out of here? No. I missed one day of tape. Three, two or three years ago, yeah. it was oh, literally Valentine's Day. Yep, and he was like, "Oh, we're just not watching tape now, huh?" Like, yeah, come on. And man. He sidles up to me and he's like, "Jeff's priorities are all out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do something about this guy." I just so Dalton Schultz, the highest drafted tight end. They, he was pick one thirty seven, highest yeah. drafted tight end since Gavin Escobar. Right. Um, I just see this as a situation where maybe day two or early day three. You bring that guy in and and let him season for a year. Yeah, I I that, I, I just feel like that they're looking at these guys. I that, that's something. Are. That's something that, and they're just trying to determine their stack will probably be different than our stack as far as I mean with the way they have. I, I just really do like the athletic ability of Otten a lot. I mean, I know he's banged up. I I hope people take a look at him if they can. To go back to your point about helping Dak. We made so much about what they made eleven picks last year. Nine of them were defenders. Right. I don't know if this if the split is going to be that insane. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these picks are going to be built around helping Dak Prescott. You need to He's, offensive line, yeah. a tight end, mm-hmm. a wide receiver. I just think if they I, don't, if they don't, then you're going to find out real fast that Dak Prescott might become Carson Wentz or any of these guys that people move on from. Sky Moore will save us. And with that, I think I think we should begin and end every show. Bookend, baby. Sky, Sky Moore will save us. With that, we will be back on Thursday. With the way things are going, there will probably be plenty more changes between now and then. It's a hectic time of year. We will be there to help you through all of it. Thank you for listening to The Draft Show. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!